0: Welcome to this week's episode of Extraordinary Entrepreneurs Together, the podcast for entrepreneurs interested in fast growth and funding, powered by EHE Capital. So, hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the EHE podcast. I'm joined by Daniel from Leonard Curtis again and Guy. So, welcome back, Dan. Thank you for coming back to us. And hi, Guy.
1: Hello. Inari. Hi, Dan.
0: Obviously, the first time wasn't too bad then, Dan. So, you've joined us for a second podcast. We didn't oh, put you
1: no. off.
2: Once, once is never enough.
0: Oh, good, <laughs> great. We'll have you on. Uh, we'll have you on every month at this rate. So, obviously, last week we talked a bit more about Lena Curtis and and what the business does, and the support and the advice that you provide for business owners when things aren't going to plan. We're going to talk about something a bit different this week with you. So, you've recently been through your own investment journey with with Lena Curtis, which is a bit different. And Guy and I thought it would be really interesting if you would just kind of talk to us a little bit more about that, if that's okay.
2: Yeah, no problem. Right, okay. So we completed our investment with Partners and Savella, August 21. And I guess the decision behind that, with probably the, the latter stages of 2019, early 2020, we kind of looked at trying to improve the platform and improve uh, how, how we can develop in the market. And actually, sometimes you've got to sit there and go, right, what do you want to do with this business? How can we improve it? And be honest with yourself and actually go, well, the, the people that, that that we've currently got in the business, do we need some help and some support? Could some people help us to to do that? So we kind of set out early 2020 at a conversation with a couple of people we knew. We would have made some progress and then COVID came. So clearly you kind of step back, You you look after what you've got. It's really important for us that we we managed our people. We've got two hundred and fifty people across twenty-one offices. So for, for, for us, it was really important that we, we kind of concentrated on the business as opposed to what we were what we were going to try and do previous. And which was fine. And then we had a couple of approaches unsolicited through the COVID pandemic period. And, you know, they were okay and as shareholders we discussed them but our view my view was you know look these offers of investment are okay but it's not just about them being okay for a shareholder group it has to work for the other 240 people that we have in the business too so we're kind of on that basis probably the back end of 2020 one of the guys i've spoken to earlier on and Lord had kind of got in touch, did set up a Recta Partners with Mike Fletcher. Mike, I've known Mike for years and years. And, and Mike had said, Look, speak to them and see what they're doing. So we had a conversation and we started to talk from there. And, and I guess the reason behind the investment was we had a diverse partner group, people owning different percentages at different stages of life. And I actually felt that if we could create a platform that could be more inclusive, we can actually offer. We could grow the business, number one. But in growing the business, we could offer better opportunities to the people that were in the business that currently weren't part of the ownership group. So that was kind of the theory behind it. And just being honest with, with ourselves, actually, did we have all the skill sets necessary to to take the business from where we were to where we want it to be? And and I think if you're honest with yourself, you probably go, "Well, we haven't." So you take on some investment that is not financial. We didn't need the investment from a financial point of view. But we did want to realign some of the shareholder group. And I, I guess in order to encourage people to come in, you've got to, you've got to deal with the existing shareholder group. So yeah, so the investment came in and, and, and I guess money went off the table to the shareholders, which perhaps does happen. But a lot of the time people are taking on investment to grow and we are too. But I think it was for, for, for us, it was just really important that we could set up this platform with the right people
0: Thank you. And then Guy, there was some elements of this that sort of particularly interested you that you thought were quite unique. Do you want to just talk about about those?
1: Yeah. I mean, we typically get involved with funding that is purely for the growth. So, you know, that might be, you know, within the startup factory, you know, the the way that the model operates there, that might be with just getting a business going, almost acting as a pseudo uh, business angel at at that point to, to get them to a point where they can start making money and uh, get getting the business started with them from a tech point of view, all that. You know, with EAT, we generally, uh, or we aimed our initial business at funding sort of fast growth, actually. And we recently ended up, you know, investing money in a company called Peppercorn. It's, it's out there now. And they're actually a startup, but they're a startup with just an amazing team. Uh, and obviously, it's a prerequisite, a, a really good idea as well. So we kind of changed our model slightly for that one. But what I found interesting about, you know, when we were talking to Dan prior to this podcast was the taking investment, yes, for fast growth and and to to develop the business, continue to develop the business, but also to reward some of the shareholders who've been you know, with the business for for quite some time and allow them to take some money off the table. So that's not something that we've actually been involved with as as a company. So I thought it was a really interesting conversation. And I'm looking forward to sort of hearing Dan talk about that in a bit more detail. I think what you do, you know,
2: the Sheryl's been involved in the business for a long time at, at varying levels of, of ownership. And to recognize that is important, number one. But actually, what I actually think it does, it also provides a bit of a shot in the arm and some, some energy. You're doing things for a long, long time. And the, the idea is you, you kind of get involved in business. You own some Capital equity shares, whatever you want to call it, and, and ultimately the, the aim is to, at some point, recognise some value for that. Otherwise, what's the point? And, and I guess in, in order to prove that concept with those people, also encourages other people to go. Well, actually, that's the model. You know, I'm getting involved in something to to work hard to make it worth more than when I first got involved, and, and benefit. You know,
1: for people's personal families and or whatever it needs to do. And I guess then um, it's like you say. You know the it's a great craze. It gives them a shot in the arm uh, mm. and it re energizes them then. They you know, they conceive the reward for all their efforts and the risks they've taken, yeah? Mm. And it gives them that shot in the arm to go again and really put some more energy. They've seen the, the you know, what they have achieved today and they want more of it uh, for for most people I guess. And you know, it gives them that energy, helps you've got a re-energised kind of group of shareholders because they've seen Reward for the risk and the, the effort they put in to date and you've got some money to really grow the business and make use of the energies that these guys are and they'll go wow this is excellent you know we want more of this this is really working and off we go again yeah you know you have a lick of the spoon you like the taste of it you are like, okay i'll have another, another
2: go at that but it's also for, for the for those shareholders then to kind of impart that knowledge and feeling so the next level of potential shareholders in this business. It's all about succession. It's all about identifying the right people in the business. And we always try and look within rather than look externally for the people coming through the business. So it's a kind of a, you want those people shareholder level to be positive and energized uh, and up for the next round, because that kind of will rub off on some of the others who we hope are the next owners of this business to take it on and basically take the button and, and take it further than what what we can. You've got to demonstrate that something can happen and the good that comes out of that for people who currently aren't shareholder to go, well actually I quite like I've seen that person's journey. I've seen what happens. I like it.
1: So I'll get involved because ultimately that's what we're that's what we're trying to do. It's a great story as well because you, you, you're always practicing what you preach here. You know, you, we talked in the last podcast about some of the situations that, you know, when people come to you that, that, that they're in and you developing your business in the way that you're developing it. You know, you, you are entrepreneurs and, you know, you, you practice, you're not just consultants who've actually never run a business in your life. Um, no. It amazes me how many people who, get up and, and draw lots of things on a dry whiteboard and talk about how you grow a business and all this kind of thing. And and, and actually, when you start talking, they've never actually run a business in their life. And I just think it's so different to the, the theory that you can learn at university. It's all great stuff, that, and it, gets to, it gives you a good start. But unless you've actually been in the weeds and been there and done it, you, you don't really understand. So... I think, you know, um, doing what you've done and developing the business in the way and having 250 people across is it 10 different 20 21. offices is, is, is fantastic because it gives you real credibility as a group of individuals and as a company. Yeah.
0: Brilliant. Thank you. So just, just wondering, Dan, from the point that you kind of identified, okay, we're going to look for the funding, what were some of the steps you went through to kind of make sure that you acquired that from the funding that was right for your business and the investors that were right for your business.
2: We didn't go to market. We didn't engage uh, any advisors because ultimately, you know, we would like to think that we know our business pretty well. Yeah. We're kind of involved in that space, but we'd already kind of had a conversation. You can, you kind of already instinctively know kind of who it should be. and And, and I guess, and I kind of said it before to people, you know, you do, You do business with people you trust and respect and you get along with. That's like the most important thing. They've got to be like minded. Otherwise, you know, from the get go, you're kind of doomed to fail a little bit because you're going to be, you're not got the same outlook on life, you've not got the same vision, you've not got the same opinions, you don't go about things in the right way. You should challenge each other. That's really important. And we do. But we we didn't kind of ask somebody to square and then go, listen, can you find some people? We kind of, started, kind of started down that route, but we kind of knew, actually, we know kind of where we want to go to. And it kind of, they say, don't they? Things happen for a reason. And, and that did, and we, we kind of just got together and we're like-minded people. I went and, had a, uh, and sat down with Simon and, and Mike and actually sat in Mike's kitchen, actually, in the kind of lockdown, I think, and, and, and they kind of had a discussion about, okay, so what's it going to look like and what can we do? and uh, And ultimately... That was the decision was made on a gut feel, a hunch, if you want to call it that. It's like you just know when you know, yeah. And and I knew, we knew as a board that they were right for us. And then the shareholder group, they trust us to make the right decision around that. And you know, we're seven, eight months in, and it's brilliant. You know, it's kind of happened, and we've done exactly what you kind of have a kind of idea in your head bit of a picture as to how it's going to be. And it and it kind of been just like that, to be honest. The the, the great people er are, Arete then partnered up with Savela, who came in to jointly to jointly co invest with them. That's been brilliant. Savela is um Andrew Tinkler's investment vehicle. He's ex chief exec of Stolbar. So that's been that's been brilliant for us. Him and Ben then, then Waywell who who run that business, they've been they've been great. You know, they've they've run businesses of a massive size billion pound market cap businesses. And it's just as I said to you before, you know, we can we've done this for twenty plus years. You see lots of situations. But you should always be prepared to learn and listen from these people. And that's great. I love it. It's been a it's been a massive help for me in terms of sharing ideas and 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 just I think we said in the previous podcast that, you know, we say to people, well, you know, just lean back on us and we'll give you some support. And it's nice for us to have some different people in the business to kind of lean
1: on and share ideas with them and, 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 and talk around things on. It's been brilliant. So Dan, the, you know, the, the investors you mentioned, do they now sit on your board or do they act as advisors or are they non exec How did you deal with that side of things? We have a top
2: club board of four. So I sit on there uh, with, with John Mercer, who was our previous FD and we've got uh, Simon Lord from Arete who sits on there with with Ben from Savella. So four of us sit on there and, we had a board meeting yesterday and we kind of run through what we're trying to do and kind of pitch our vision for FY25 and what do we want? And, you know, I, I kind of said, well, I think we should target ourselves on doubling the size of the business in the next three years. So, you know, we've kind of just done our FY23 budgets, kind of lock them in, forget about them for the minute. We had a shareholders meeting last week and I kind of sat, we kind of sat out the vision as to what we're going to try and do. And. A bit like what we said in the previous podcast, you know, I kind of sat down with the shareholders last week and we said, right, okay, imagine what good looks like in FY25. We want to double the size of the business. But if you kind of, you kind of fast forward then and go, right, okay, well, what does good look like then? And I kind of said to people, just imagine that whatever it is you need to deliver that in FY25, you haven't got it now. You haven't got the people not all of them anyway, but you haven't got perhaps the acquisitions if that's what's required and you haven't got the organic growth yet. So that's fine because that's our job as a board and, and your job as a regional head or a divisional head to work out what bits of the jigsaw we haven't got and then we'll go and put them into place. And whilst it sounds quite a lot to say, oh, we'll double the size of the business, if you break it down into the regions and the products that we've got, it's not as hard as you think. But again, if you apply... the the confidence and the commitment and the consistency point you will get there. So yeah, I think you've got to have a clear vision. So people understand what you're trying to do and where you're trying to go with it. And then we don't want to sit there and leave people to just do it themselves. We'll say, right, okay, so what do you want? What do we need centrally at a board level to to give you to achieve that?
1: That's interesting because, you know, some of the things that we talked about in our previous podcast, the difference between two times doubling the key parameters within your business and the uh, and 10 times in them is strategy and you know most people most businesses actually look for incremental gains you know five percent one year ten percent the next year that type of thing and they have strategies for doing that but the difference between doing that and then saying you know what i'm going to 10 times some of the parameters within the business it might be headcount it might be you know you, your operating profit you know wh- whatever it is it doesn't matter so you say i'm going to 10 times these KPIs, parameters. How to do, do that? And then you're thinking all of a sudden it's different. So your strategies are different. Just like you've alluded to there, where you said actually doubling what we're going to do in the next three years uh, might sound like you know a really a, a tough gig, but when you start to break it down and you start to look at the strategies for doing that, it suddenly becomes possible. Mm. And you know whether you do that over two years, whether you do that over four or five years, it. it it doesn't really matter. You know, the point is your strategies that, that you're thinking about now are, are designed for really fast growth. And that's a really important point for businesses, that the thinking and the planning is exactly the same if you want to double certain things as it is if you want to 10 times them. The timescales might be slightly different, but your, your thinking is different. And that's the key thing. It's all about the thinking and, and how you strategize and break it all down. Yeah, you've got to have a
2: bit of fun while you're doing it. You know, this is exciting. This is good. You know, we're, I, I would consider us to be in an extremely privileged position in that, you know, we're, you know we, we're part owners of a business that they've already realized some value for once. They're going to do it again. You want people to be excited and you want to be able to to sell that dream to somebody else, as we said before, about the next generation of people coming through. You want to sell that dream and you want to make it fun. You know, this isn't about everybody shoulders to the wheel. And it is hard work. Listen, anything worth having is going to be hard work. But I just think it's really important that you have some fun along the way and you make it exciting. And even if you don't get to double it and you kind of nearly get there, but you don't, it's not a failure. It's just, you just not quite got to where you got to, but you've had some fun doing it and you've grown the size of the business whilst doing that.
0: Brilliant. Thank you. One question I was just wondering, because it was something that I think you'd mentioned previously, when you were going through this investment process, obviously it's hugely time consuming. Mm. How did you manage that plus the the day to day and the communication with the rest of the, the team and the shareholders? How did you find the balance?
2: With some difficulty. Okay. Say. It's not easy. It's a fairly labour intensive exercise. I, I I wouldn't like to guess, but I would imagine there was circa 500 pages of BD, you know, from commercial to legal to financial. But I kind of approached that and, I, and we was very fortunate, you know, John Mercer, he's ex-Clearwater, he's got corporate finance background. He was brilliant in throughout this process because there was lots of things when we would be going through the process, the lawyers would be on the call or the, the accountants would be on the call. And I would just say, what does that mean? I don't understand. <laughs> or I'd ask John and he would tell me. Uh, I think that's really important to, to ask that question because look, you know, no point sitting there pretending you know what they're talking about, baskets of this and pref shares of, of that. Some of the issues I, I didn't understand. I only need to be told once and then I understand, but, but I think you've got to ask. So, that was it. Was difficult, but it was fun. I, I personally took it as a as an experience. Maybe not many people get to go through that, and you kind of look at it. You can look at it, and it can be quite invasive. It's quite personal. People are asking you questions about something you really care about. Why have you done it like this? Why have you done it like that? But I took it as as another chance to learn something a bit more about the business and take the positives from it. And if we could change something, we should do. So I think the the DD process you know, we knew there was nothing going to come out of it that was going to cause us a problem. So therefore you kind of look at it and go, well, it's something we have to do, but if we're going to do it, we may as well try and learn from it as best as we can. Listen, don't get me wrong. There was days when there was piles and piles of questions. And I think I said to a guy previously when I spoke to him, there comes a point when you're kind of doing it and it's like, well, if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. I'm not that bothered. And then there came a point when it was like, no, this really needs to happen, like it can't not. And then your mindset completely changes and it's like, no, I've got to get this done now because we were all too too invested in it all. The shareholders, to be fair, they kind of said, look, we kind of said from the start, you know, there can only be kind of two or three of us involved in this process. We'll deal with it because they need to be doing their, their, their day job. And focus on that. So we provided them with updates when we could. There was obviously conversations going on. And naturally, as a shareholder not involved in the DD process, I kind of look back now and think that must have been quite hard for them, you know. But I think you kind of give updates when you can, but it's really difficult because you're spinning a couple of different plates. And it was difficult, you know, I, I would on occasion, you know, get a bit frustrated because, you know, you're trying your best you know you're not holding it up for a reason it's just the process that you're going through but no it was i, I kind of look at that whole dd process as, as a massive learning curve for me like i said i was very fortunate that we had john with us who who was a massive help he's done it before and explained lots of stuff but i just think i just think you've got to be honest with yourself and go that like, i don't understand what you're saying can you explain it to me but yeah you see it was, it was great fun actually
0: Brilliant. Thank you. And I suppose just in terms of kind of next steps, what's next for, for Leonard Curtis then? What's the plan now? No more uh, pandemics.
2: <laughs> oh, hopefully not. That was difficult, that. You know, from a from a researching point of view, we almost had the legs kicked from under us for a decent period of time. Quite rightly, the, the government supported businesses and, and that was right to do that. But what it did mean is that businesses that would have naturally... Required our support and assistance didn't now obviously then that, that's them support mechanisms have been taken away now we are starting to see an increase in people coming needing our support and and then help but no what what's next is we where the shareholders meeting last week we talked about what the plan is and FY twenty five we're trying to double the size of the business and the the job now is to go around each of those regions each of those divisions and go right okay what does your good look like what have we not got that we need. And how can the business, the board, the management team help you get that? So some people might have identified organic growth. Some people may have identified key lateral hires. Some people may identify acquisitions or all of them things to do what they need to do. And then for us, it's a case of looking at what we need to do in each of those areas and make the right decisions and having a having a vision as to what we're trying to do with the business. And, you know, the, the idea is in the next couple of three years to, to get it to that level and then kind of see what happens. You know, we've got, as I said previously, we've got three pillars in the business, restructuring, legal services, and finance raising. We're probably looking at possibly a fourth, possibly fifth pillar to add to that. Maybe M&A and corporate finance fits in as a fourth pillar because we think it complements what we do. But yeah, we're, we're kind of open-minded and we kind of set the strategy now. And it's a case of just getting on getting that job done and having some fun while we do it
0: bro thank you that was really interesting and i think you're the first person that's come on and admitted that during the investment process you perhaps haven't understood all of that so it's really refreshing to to hear that and the approach that you went in (laughs) that you went in with it and i'm sure it will resonate with probably every single person that that listens to this podcast we can't know everything can we guy anything you want to add in before we wrap up
1: No, I mean, the the only thing, again, I've picked up from lots of things I've picked up from Dan again in this podcast, but the thing that you keep mentioning, and I think it's so important is the fun element. You know, I I think it's really difficult to, to really grow your business in a meaningful way and bring your team along if you're not having fun. So you have got to make it fun. And yeah, work hard, but play hard. I'm a big fan of work hard, play hard.
2: Yeah, you know, we our biggest asset in this business is our people, and as I said before, you know, it's not just the shareholders. Actually, it's the it's the chunking clay people we have in the business that support us, and and, and everyone's just as important as each other. They're, they're they're our biggest asset. So how you know you conduct yourself at various times, whether it's at the start of a COVID pandemic when nobody really knows what's going on, you've got to display calm behaviour, and you've got to be supportive, and you've got to listen. And you've just got to try your best to look at what people need and support them in the best way possible. You know, that those people in this business and the people that haven't joined yet, our greatest asset, they're really important. And it's, and it's, it's my job, our job as a management team and, a, and an ownership team to make sure that we're, that's kind of our first priority, which is to make sure that they're okay. And that includes supporting them. It includes sharing the vision that we've got because they need to understand where we're trying to get to. And, and then kind of having a culture that kind of runs through the firm and then that will run outside the firm too. And people will know what we're all about.
0: Bro, thank you. Really interesting. And I love, again, I think you're probably the first person that's talked about the investment process being fun, but your approach on it is is really interesting. I think it's going to, like I say, resonate with everyone that's listening. So thank you both very much for for coming on again. and And thank you, Dan, for sharing that that journey with us and how you approached it and how you kind of shared that across across the business. It was it was really interesting. Obviously, don't forget for everyone listening, we do have the EHE community. So you please do join the community. There's loads of information, more content in there that we can share with you. Hopefully you found this as as interesting as we did. But thank you, Guy. Thank you, Dan. And I'll see you both again soon. I'm sure we'll get you back on at, at some point, Dan. You've been a brilliant guest. So thank you both very much. Thank,
2: thank you, Dan. Thank you, Mary. thank you,
0: Cheers Thank <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Extraordinary Entrepreneurs Together. Visit the EHE Capital website, ehe.capital, for further insights and to join the EHE community.